So guys, I'm really excited. Uh, I wanted to get through the rapid reaction pretty fast tonight because I've got a great interview here for you, Alicia Crank, and I wanted to air the whole thing. I was going to try to chop it up, uh, but just ended up being a great conversation. Really wanted to share the whole thing with you guys. I'm also going to post uh, another excerpt of that tomorrow, so if you want to come back to the channel, uh, that would be great. So let's go to that interview. Earlier today, Alicia Crank, the new ambassador chair for Women's Pro Hockey Seattle. Really grateful that she was able to stop by. And so stick around. Hit me up in the chat during the interview here, and I'll respond to you guys. Let's go to that right now. All right, I am here with Alicia Crank. Alicia, thank you for making the, t the time for stopping by to chat with me. I'm really honored to have you. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Still hyped up from last Saturday's game. <laughs> yeah, honestly, so, I, and I kind of wrote this in our, our uh, pregame notes to each other. I was, I was feeling like the timing really worked out good, uh, you know, right off the heels of that really exciting win uh, against yeah. the Red Wings. We celebrated women, women in Hockey Night. Uh, I was at home watching on TV. It looked like a really incredible atmosphere. Can you maybe kind of share with us how it felt to be there and some of the things that were going on in the arena that night? It was it was super dynamic. And I have to tell you, I was you know talking to a few other people about this. And before the team even had a name, this was the game I was going to. This is the game I was waiting for. I knew they would have to play Detroit, you know, when, when mm -hmm. the team came to be. So this is the game I was hyped up for the entire year. I was ready. I was decked. Um, so it was just kismet that it also ended up landing during Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. And that it was the game that landed on the night that they would, you know, honor women of hockey and have the black girl hockey club there. So, I mean, on top of the original excitement of it, just kind of having all those things come together at one time, it was, it was electric. I mean, it really was. Yeah. That's really cool. Just really, really neat timing, everything meshing together. Uh, so I, I thought maybe, you know, for those, those of us that don't know you real well, um, hoping to give maybe a little glimpse into your personal backstory. Like you said, I know you're originally from Detroit and you had a little bit of the Red Wings swag <laughs> and, uh, complimenting your cracking gear on, on Saturday. So yeah. maybe you could talk about the roads that have led you to the Puget Sound and maybe some impacts that have, have you know, made you who you are today and, and where you're at now. Sure. I, so, I, so this is kind of stage three for me. So stage one is, you know, growing up in Detroit and Michigan, you know, as a whole. And that's where I became a hockey fan. I mean, you grew up in hockey town, we claim right. it, you know, yeah. um, and it, it was a thing, you know, to have all kind of four big sports teams there, men sports teams there. Um, I was spoiled kind of growing up in that atmosphere. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say stage two was when I was 21 and decided to, you know, move to the Bay Area what I thought would be for a couple of years and turned out to be 18. Oh, wow. um, and so I was just up the road from San Jose in a town called Mountain View. Okay. And I was there, you know, started going to Sharks games. And of course, when they played the Red Wings. Yeah. And I think that expanded my fandom in a bit because growing up in Detroit, there was never really a question about, oh my God, someone that's black is a hockey fan. But yeah. definitely when I got to California, it was like, whoa. You know, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I'm a fan, you know, we, we do this thing. Yeah. Um, and so coming up here, you know, I, I love the Bay Area. I loved living in Silicon Valley. It really did craft my career, both in, in institutional banking and now in nonprofit leadership. Um, but it got expensive. I mean, it's expensive yeah. here, too, but not right. nearly 
you know, as it was down there. So I had to make that adult decision to move or be a forever roommate. Um, and I had friends that lived in the Shoreline area that were convincing me to move up. So mm -hmm. I did. Mm -hmm. So I've been in Edmonds since 2014. I'm still doing a nonprofit leadership and a lot of stuff around women's and women's issues. And, you know, when I, this was the first time I was living in a non-hockey town, a professional right. NHL hockey town until now. So, you know, I've been on this this road with the crew. You know, shout out to, you know, Paul Buxton yeah. and the rest of those folks who kind of got me excited about it. And it's just been fun to be able to be a part, you know, of this new team, this new expansion um, and being able to do stuff with, you know, Zoe as well with women's pro hockey. So it's 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 a great compliment to the other work that I do, you know, that pays the bills, but also, right. you know, keeps me fun. Yeah. Oh, I definitely know about paying the bills. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, that's really interesting, too. I actually spent a little bit of time in the Bay Area myself, kind of grew up watching the Sharks. And so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot in common there. Really interesting. And actually might try to get Paul on the show, uh, on the show at some point, but, uh, you should. kind of, he's, kind of he's an interesting, fun. yeah, he's really, he's a good dude. Um, so touching on some of the, you know, the community, uh, outreach and things you're doing, you were just recently named the ambassador chair for pro hockey, uh, women's pro hockey, Seattle. Yes. Uh, you're, you're very, very busy, local politics, athletics, you know, you're, you're making big noise in the, the equity, you know, equity arena. Um, you're the founder of international women's day in Edmonds started in 2019, if I read properly. Yes. Uh, yeah. so, I mean, very busy, but can you kind of tell us what are some of your duties or your responsibilities and, and maybe your goals as you embrace this new role, uh, as ambassador chair and how do you, how do you hope to kind of leverage uh, your position to bring professional women's hockey into the Seattle area? That is a great multifaceted question. <laughs> but I, I think part of it, you know, when, when they reached out and asked me to, you know, be the ambassador chair, for me, it was a no brainer because I was already kind of in the space of going to the games, going to the things, you know, especially with Edmonds International Women's Day. That's how I got to meet um, Zoe and Kelly. Because um, okay. they were going to be a part of Women's Day in, in uh, 2020, but then, you know, COVID had other ideas. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, right. but we always stayed in touch and we're always in the same circle. So I think just the, the work around um, promoting women in areas that were not traditionally seen as, as influencers or leaders, especially mm -hmm. in the worlds of hockey. Um, Again, it was a no-brainer to kind of adopt that role as the ambassador chair. I think the, the hardest thing I've had to do as ambassador chair is figure out which jersey to wear um, <laughs> to a particular thing. Yeah, so do you, um, have, also, do you have a Sharks jersey, too, that you – did you wear it as a Sharks I, I gave up – I do, but, you know, that's in the closets yeah. you know, with, with my Iserman jersey. All right. Um, Just for the record, you know. Yes. <laughs> like, I have them. But, um, you know, part of being an ambassador chair is just one being able to kind of be there to fully represent, you know, the mission and the organization and to rally other women um, who are interested in the sport to, you know, continue to promote it and also to help us be one of the catalysts into bringing a professional team here to the West Coast. I was so um, honored to have met uh, Kimberly Sass over the weekend and get to learn more about what she's been doing on the East coast mm -hmm. uh, with women's professional hockey. So, I mean, it, it gave me a vision and some ambition to keep, you know, keep this moving, keep it going. Yeah. We just want to, you know, promote other women and just say, Hey, let's keep this going. We are, we are a financial 
um, contributor to right. the successes of these teams as well. And, and especially kind of like you alluded to new market, new, new team, uh, a lot of new fans. Um, it's really important to kind of break those walls down, you know, and we, we see this a lot on, on Twitter, actually, just, just recently, we're seeing a lot of the gatekeeping and things like that. And, and people that are yes. trying to push new fans away. And, you know, that, that's the kind of stuff we want to try to stop from happening and, and right. squash it before it does in a lot of ways. But, um, so maybe, uh, I don't know, it's maybe, maybe it's early, but could you give us like a status on where we're at with, with actually bringing uh, a women's professional team to Seattle or maybe things that we can do I, as fans to keep that momentum going? I would say we're a good two to three years out from having a team here in Seattle. I mean, I think one of the great things about the Kraken is that they've been, and you know, the ownership is that they've been really open um, mm-hmm. to supporting and having a conversation and bringing us on. You know, they were in touch with us on Saturday when we were doing Women of Hockey Night and the, you know, wanted to make sure that we were there yeah, that's um, great. and that we were part of that. So I think we're, you know, it's going to take having a, a good ownership group, mm-hmm. you know, to make that happen. I think the fan interest has to be there, and I think that's growing. And again, I think just the expansion of women's pro hockey across the country yeah. is happening. Yep. Just as it kind of comes to light, people start to take it in a little bit more and, and, you know, just actually be able to see it. That's a big part of it too. Right. Just having it on television and, or, or streaming or some way to actually consume. Exactly. That there's, content. there's that equity piece, right? It's mm-hmm. about, you know, it shouldn't be as super easy as it is to find the men's teams on a mainstream place, but then have to go and dig to find yeah. where the, the women's teams, if it's streaming at all, it just shouldn't be that difficult. So we're right. seeing some changes in that, but we, we can't rest on our laurels, right? We got to keep yeah. it moving. We got to yep. keep demanding it. Awesome. So, and you know, like you were alluding to during COVID, it's been tough, uh, you know, just outreaching and, and being able to see people in person and things like that. And it's starting to get maybe a little bit better. We kind of, we'd be good for you because one of your, your big hashtags is break the bias. I'd love for you to talk about that a little bit and, you know, maybe just explain it to someone who has no idea what that is. And so maybe we can utilize that, uh, that mindset and that mantra, uh, as we build our, our cracking community and just our, our community in general around that. No, absolutely. Uh, So every year, um, International Women's Day is just that it's international. And so there is a committee that comes up with the the tags every year. So for 2022, it was break the bias. And it resonated with me personally. It's a really good, it's really good hashtag. It really is because it falls into so many areas. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we built upon that during Edmonds International Women's Day. So we included, you know, females in law enforcement and women Mm -hmm. judges of Snohomish County, you know, and being able to kind of talk about the the biases that they break on a daily basis. Um, And then within even this area of, of hockey and women, presence in hockey like the fact that you know there shouldn't be a bias about the fact that women are fans and that they are yeah. hardcore fans and they know more stats than most dudes that i know yeah um, i know i mean about. i just took a guy to a, a game a uh, great friend of mine he'd never been to a hockey game he didn't understand yeah. anything about it so it's not just women or i mean there's people just are new to the game right. in general so yeah. But there's that that kind of default position of if you're a guy, you are. Or yeah. even if you're a white guy, you are. But anybody <laughs> else, it's just got to be weird. And it's like, no, 
I'm a fan of, you know, some, some of that aggressive play on the ice. I can get my frustration yeah. out, you know, that way too. But there's a lot of skill yeah. that's involved in that as well. So it's breaking the bias as far as, you know, who who are fans and who are the ones that are adding to the bottom line, you know, financially. Mm-hmm. And who are those that are influenced? You know, I think there are women that help to influence even some of those trades um, that happen. Because we talk and we talk stats. We talk about who we like and who we don't like. Oh, for um, sure. Very openly. Mm-hmm. We're there. Yeah. Oh, no, I hear that. I, I think <laughs> there's there's also the family element to it as well. You know, and, and I saw someone post today, like, you know, athletes, uh, professional sports players in general, like they're they're humans on the other side of this, too. So Absolutely. females and males, they, they're dealing with their their family and their spouses and their children. Uh, so all those things are really uh, important. I think it's kind of interesting to to think of both sides of of the coin in that area but uh just for me you know, personally, i was at the mm-hmm. i would say i was at the women of hockey um power panel yeah the friday before and someone did ask an interesting question there was a woman that asked um kimberly specifically she said you know is women's hockey less violent than men's hockey because as women, we know <laughs> what happens after we leave. And to a degree, she said yes, but she goes, you know, we want to get out there and play it too. We don't, we don't play puff, you know, puff hockey. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> We're out there to play. But yes, there is a mentality of common sense too that comes with women that we think beyond the game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, as a guy, I mean, you, we definitely have that that uh, switch that can flip sometimes, and um, <laughs> you know that aggressive nature comes out. But uh, I was just going to say, I guess, as just personally, as a dad of a female athlete, very dedicated. Uh, she's very talented. She's actually heading to state this weekend. Um, so, oh, nice. I'm, yeah, thanks. I'm very cognizant of that gap that still kind of exists in our world between professional, not even, not just professional, but male and female sports altogether. Um, not only like we talked about in the media coverage and exposure, but also in access to facilities, equipment, uh, and so on and so forth. And sometimes it's just as simple as, well, why would you want to use that piece of gear? You're a girl or, you know, things like that. Um, so, Maybe in your mind, how can we break some of those walls down, level, you know, keep working at leveling out that playing field and further empower our, our uh, and encourage our younger female athletes so they don't give up on their dreams? I, you know what? That's a great question. And it's one of the things I've had to kind of drill down on myself as someone who doesn't have a child. Right? So I don't have kids. I don't have a little girl. But I know that that I'm in a position to kind of help move that along. So I think first is just making sure that when we say equal opportunity, we mean equal opportunity, Mm -hmm. you know, all can play. And as someone who also works uh, with persons with disabilities, that accessibility piece is even broader. Right. So it's, you know, making sure that the game is accessible to all. Um, and whatever that means for that particular group, but to make it equitable and accessible. Um, I think too, making sure that some of these teams have to do their job and their work in engaging younger folks to make them the fans of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you make them the players of today so that they can be the fans of tomorrow. And we have to make sure that we're creating those avenues to make it. And for some, accessibility is that financial aspect of it. It can't be such an expensive thing. Right. And, and hockey into is, it, as, gonna, as you know, yeah. And you're going to price people 
out of the fandom. I mean, mm-hmm. I will say I probably spent way more on Kraken. I have a week's worth of Kraken merch that I can wear without repeating anything. <laughs> and that's never happened before. And I'm sure that's because I saved some money on driving because of COVID. So, yeah. so some of those dollars were there. But so I would say, but typically there's no way I would have been able to you know, purchase the things, whether it was for, you know, Black History Night or Women's Hockey Night, um, when things are beyond what the average socioeconomic person can can be able to get. So I think just making sure that those those inroads are there to create a longer lasting um, relationship with the game is important for girls, for everybody. Mm -hmm. So and and maybe just kind of thinking outside of sports specifically a little bit here, I'd Um, just a a quick little story. So like I grew up, uh, when I was little, we had a, um, we had a little portable tape recorder, right. And Uh we would, we would, and maybe I'm dating myself, but we would put a cassette tape in, into the, (laughs) into the tape recorder. Right. And we would smash that, uh, the black and red, uh, the play and record buttons down. Right. And we would, me and my brother and sister, we would, you know, we, we would record our own shows and stories and, uh, you know, we even figured out a way to like make the, the tape speed up and slow down. So our voice would kind of sound funny. And, you know, so we would spend hours doing this. Right. And, um, so I guess the reason I'm kind of telling you the story is that at that age, you know, we all have our, our dreams, our ambitions, and I can kind of see it in, in my child right now. And thinking back, it's just like, thanks to one small little piece of technology that I had access to, uh, it kind of opened my mind to technology and maybe even leading to where we're at right now, I'm able to do this really fun show and meet amazing people like you. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say with, with all that said as as an adult, um, sometimes I feel like maybe we're failing to put those devices or that technology or that book or et cetera in the hands of kids, um, underprivileged especially, that, that need it. Um, uh, so I guess with all that, how do we, how can we attempt to find better ways to pinpoint kids that need those things um, and and really get them access to those devices and that technology so that they can grow their dreams and ambitions. I thought you were telling me that story because you knew that I went to school for radio oh, <laughs> back in, <no. laughs> in high school and college. So, you know, I was one of those people that knew how to do splicing on reel to reels. Oh, so okay. I totally, oh, I get it. And, yeah. But I, but I love this question because, again, I think we've gotten so far with certain types of technology that more of the hands on stuff has gone away if it's not a joystick controller. Right. Yeah. So I think sometimes it's about, you know, going back to maybe a more retro period, a retro state of mind. And, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, I ha- I still have one of those recorders with the cassette and yeah. then the extended microphone. <laughs> yeah. That you can do. I, I haven't gotten rid of it in years because I think part of it takes me back to this is where I came from. Right. This is where I learned what I learned. So I don't want to get rid of it because it's a part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it has to go back to us remembering how we were as kids and what got us engaged. Yeah. The mind of a child, things. right? The mind of a child. Like I will tell you one of the things that I've started doing recently. And if you follow me on Twitter, um, you see this at least on Sundays, you know, we started a Lego club at, oh, cool. you know, the local bottle shop in Edmonds that I go to called Bridges. And we just kind of randomly started. And it's kind of like that 
time you go you're trying to go back to childhood yeah. and not look at a computer screen and actually like build things mm-hmm. and i'm not the most coordinated person of the group to get these things going <laughs> but it does you know it relieves stress but it also kind of takes me back to that youthful mindset so i think we have to find those things that take us back or remind us of that so that we can pass it on to those around us yeah just kind of embracing that uh that childlike uh, curiosity and, and really understanding like maybe a child's perception a little bit more and, and kind of opening ourselves up to these things. And, but yeah, I think maybe even just a lot more tactile type learning, it doesn't have to be low tech. It can still be high tech, but you know, especially after coming through two years of COVID where everything's been through the screen or on the Xbox okay. or the PlayStation or et cetera, et cetera. It's, I think it's really important to um, get, those devices and those things into, into kids' hands and, okay. and try to move forward. So Alicia, this has been really fun. Uh, I, I want to finish with a couple of lighthearted questions here because okay. I feel like we got into some really serious stuff and I think that's great, but I also want to, you know, have some fun with you too. So um, quick rundown as we wrap up a little bit here. If you were a pro hockey player, all right. Oh God. Not even okay. pro. Have you ever played hockey? I mean, you okay. grew up in Michigan. I, I, I skated once and that was enough. Okay. So if, <laughs> if you were a pro hockey player, what position yeah. would you play? Center, or like a forward defender or goalie? I'm goalie. I'm goalie a hundred percent. I, I'm all about protecting. I'm all about keeping Ooh, like the that. bad stuff out. So like, yeah. no, I like that. Okay. So another one, are you, um, do, do you follow NCAA basketball at all men or women? Yes. Okay. So is your bracket busted? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you know, I always usually play, you know, try to play the upsets, but even my upsets were upset. So yeah. it's, it's done. It's been chaos, both men it's and chaos. women. It's yeah. So, yes. okay. Another one, uh, as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I took so a couple of things. I wanted to be a paratrooper. Oh, and okay. that's a story for another time. Okay. And, well, we're going to have you the, back. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> and the other, I would say I wanted to be like a radio talk show host. Ooh, like I, I like wanted that. to be, but I wanted to be Oprah, but on the radio, I didn't want to be on TV because I yeah. was super self-conscious of myself, but <laughs> I felt like people would listen to me if they just heard me on the radio. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another one. What is at the top of your Spotify playlist right now? Can I tell you, I don't have Spotify. Okay. Well, what was the last great song you listened to? Flawless by George Michael. Ooh. Okay. It is the ultimate get out of bed, get your butt going song. All right. I'm going to go check that out here after, after we're done. Okay. One, two more. Uh, What is your biggest pet peeve when you're driving? People who don't use their signals. Oh yeah. Come on. For me, it's the left lane thing. I mean, that feels like everyone says that, but yeah, just yeah like, get out of the left lane. Give right. me the signal. <laughs> okay. So last one, since it's almost dinner time, I'm kind of getting yes. hungry myself. Uh, in and out, five guys or Shake Shack if you're going burgers. In and out. All right. I mean, that's that's got to be the Bay Area <laughs> speaking, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Well, thanks again so much for stopping by. This has been a lot of fun. I definitely want to have yeah. you back when you've got some time. Uh, I know you're very busy. Uh, I, I wanted to give you an opportunity, though, if you've got any upcoming events or uh, some socials or promos you want to 
put out there before we sign off? Oh, absolutely. There's a ton. I only give you a couple, though. So, of course, the PHF playoffs are happening in Florida this coming weekend, the 25th to the 28th. So please watch those. Okay. We are going to try to come up with some um, watch parties now that we're kind of allowed to get out and about. So I would just say follow um, the Women's Pro Hockey Seattle Twitter feed for more mm-hmm. information, which is well, pro ho Seattle. I didn't name it, but that's what it is. Um, but also you can see other links to stuff that I'm doing and connected with on my Alicia and Edmonds website, which is literally just Alicia in Edmonds.com. Right. And it links to women pro hockey. It links to all of it. Okay, great. Well, we'll definitely check all that stuff out. Uh, I think there's actually a 32 crew watch party coming up this next week. Yes, this coming gone, Saturday but... too. So I'll, be, I'll probably be there at that. Yes. All right, cool. Excellent. Well, thanks again so much. It was really an honor and a privilege having you here. Uh, I love talking with you and let's do it again soon. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. And take care. All right. So that was Alicia Crank with a uh, fantastic conversation. Really enjoyed having you on the show, Alicia. Let's have you back again. Maybe we can go live one of these nights together. uh, Talk a little more crack and hockey. Talk about the community. All those things are definitely what I want this channel to be about. Uh, Again, really appreciate you stopping by. That's your new ambassador chair for Women's Pro Hockey Seattle. Go check her out on Twitter. She's got a website and try to keep up with her if you can, because uh, what an amazing person and just really doing some great work in the Seattle hockey community uh, and just in the community in general. So thanks again, Alicia. 